Welcome to the Forking Healthy podcast, a place where two sisters have cheeky chats about everything natural health and wellness. I'm your host, Jenny Soder. I am also your host, Cheryl Berecki. Together, we hope to inspire, entertain, and motivate you with our knowledge and decades of experience in the natural health and fitness industry. So if you're ready, let's get Forkin' Healthy. Welcome to the first solo podcast at Forking Healthy. Today, I am diving into my journey through implant and explant surgery, plus everything in between. I share my personal experiences, talk about breast implant illness, and dive into some of the lessons I learned along the way. Regardless if you yourself have breast implants or have considered getting them, I highly encourage you to lean in. Hello, everyone. Welcome. You are listening to Jenny B here. I am alone in the podcast room. It feels pretty quiet, to be honest. My sister Cheryl is not joining me for this episode. This is going to be the first of several solo episodes that we do at Forking Healthy here. We decided that it was important that we shared certain aspects of our health journey and our lives with our um, loyal listeners uh, about certain topics that we really want to bring light to. And so today I'm going to be talking about my breast implant explant journey and covering a few things that I feel are incredibly important to share and to spread on a wider base uh, just because there's very few people that talk about this right now. However, it is becoming more, for lack of a better term, mainstream as we find new issues and correlations um, that are popping up with having breast implants. So let's dive in. I've always been one of those small chested females uh, and growing up, uh, it really wasn't an issue and I, or a thought in my mind that breast implants would ever be a part of my journey. However, I started competing in fitness and figure competitions in the early 2000s around, I think it was 20-ish then. And the first area of fat to go was in the chesticle region. And so I guess you could say I was part of the itty bitty titty committee and felt at that time that I didn't really fit into anything, fit into bikinis or shirts or felt just lacking. And so I had gone to several consultations in my early 20s, mid 20s, um, to kind of take a look at and see what the options were in regards to breast implants, what would they feel like, what would they look like, is that something that I wanted to go through, and I just kind of put it on the back burner, and then in my last fitness and figure competition in 2011, I kind of got into this state and listened to the judges' feedback. And what they had said was, if you want to take this, um, 
you want to be taken seriously and advance within this area, you're going to have to be more symmetrical. And that symmetry is going to have to be in the chest region to create that overly defined hourglass figure that we are looking for. And so that is what I would consider to be a tipping point. It was obviously not the only thing, the only outside pressure that I was feeling that made me decide to get breast implants. But nonetheless, it was one of the factors. And so I said, uh, I went to a consultation uh, with a highly recognized surgeon here in Ontario. And um, I decided to go ahead and get breast implants. Ironically, never did compete after that. <laughs> However, um, I made that decision. And looking back, it was a decision that I probably did not research and look into as much as I should have. But this episode is all about things that I learned along the way and how grateful I was. So in 2011, June, I went in for surgery. I was a double A at that point. And I left the surgery um, being a over than over double D. And two days after my surgery, I knew something was wrong. And so as I was in bed recovering, I felt something explode, <laughs> for lack of a better term. And on the right breast, the incision had completely popped open. And so I called the surgeon immediately and said, you know, what am I supposed to do? My body seems to be rejecting or pulling so tight that the incision has completely come open. And he instructed me to put a maxi pad on there to prevent, so that my breast would not leak everywhere. Um, the fluids from the swelling and the, um, the infection that was forming. I jumped into um, the passenger seat of the car. We went to pick up the prescription that he had sent over to the pharmacy with copious amounts of antibiotics to prevent infection since I had an open wound. And I stayed like that for 12 weeks. My body was completely um, rejecting the implants themselves, and they were just too big for my body. I remember when I reflect back now, when I went into the consult, I said, you know what? I don't want large breasts. I just want um, to feel as though I am filling something out, that there is something there. And I remember him remarking, you know what, you have a wide back. I'm not going to do anything smaller than this because it's not going to write, uh, feel right or look right because it needs to fill out the width of your back. And so I trusted him in that. And um, when I walked out, I was probably five pounds on my chest. So 
because my pecs were so tight, what was happening and these breast uh, implants were under the muscle, what was happening is that as it was beginning to heal, it was just so extremely tight and there was nowhere for them to go. There was a lot of pressure building up. And so it was uh, creating damage. My body was rejecting them. Now, the reason why I'm not explaining what specific type and brand of breast implants I have is because the body will have um, my body would have had exactly the same reaction to regardless of what kind of brand of implants were in there. The natural response of a healthy body and an immune system is when there is a foreign body put into your body, regardless of what it is, this could be a knee replacement, it can be a hip replacement. Um, in fact, we know sometimes when you have um, transplants, organ transplant, there can be a rejection phase. This is no different than any kind of foreign material like a breast implant that goes into the body. And many people will have reactions to it, not just what is in that breast implant, but what that implant itself, the casing is made out of. The body is always there to protect us. And so what was happening is that my body was creating scar tissue and a capsule around those breast implants, which every single breast implant and healthy body will do. It will create scar tissue to prevent any kind of foreign body or material from leaking into or getting into the organs, surrounding organs and tissues. Our body is amazing. And if there's one lesson that I have learned over the last 10 years, it is that at every second during the day, our body is there trying to protect us from things that we either inadvertently do or, or directly do to our bodies. So eventually that after 12 weeks, I started to heal that right breast was still very grainy and a lot of scar tissue, as you can imagine, because that wound was not healing properly. So about five months later, what was happening is that the crease underneath my breast was not defined. The breast implants were moving downwards. And that's basically because it was not healing properly. They were rejecting them and trying to, for lack of a better term, spit them out. My body did not want them. So I went to the physician, uh, my plastic surgeon, and I said, what are the options here? This breast specifically on the right is um, sliding down. It is very low. Now, I did not pay all this money to have boot sagging boobs. This is not why I got them. So the options I was delivered was that I could pay a large amount of money to go back into surgery to have the right breast implant removed. Then we would have that heal. And then I would go back into surgery and put another implant in. However, the same thing may happen. That to me was not an option. And that two, two more surgeries and the possibility of it happening again, plus the finances on top of that, plus walking around with one boop, just, just was not something that I was uh, willing to do. So 
this was about a year later at that point. And I just decided, you know what, this is my journey. This is just how it is. And during those years that I lived with the breast implants, it's important uh, that I explain some of the things that I just had to start living with. I could no longer, because I was not used to all of that weight on my chest, I could not breathe with the same fluidity that I could without them. I could not do a push-up at all. It was not possible due to the attachments not being solid, but also the fact that I had those breast implants under the muscle. And so it was pushing it and could not go anywhere. So for someone that had been training for six days a week, 10 years of her life, it had altered things in not a way that I thought I would get the relief when I got those in. That grass was certainly not greener at this point on the other side. So fast forward to 2016. This is now five years later, and I just cannot live with the fact that I have constant tugging on my chest, pulling, numbness, and I just have this intuitive feeling that something is not right. So I went to my GP, who is great and has been accustomed to my many, many requests over the years. And I explained to her that something is wrong, that there, that it is not right how I'm feeling. And so she sends me for a mammogram and an MRI and an ultrasound to make sure that everything is okay with the breast implants themselves, that everything is intact. And after those diagnostics, I came back for a follow-up and the doctor said, you know what, Jenny, everything honestly looks fine. We don't detect any abnormalities whatsoever. And if we take a look back at my history and on the charts, it explains that nothing was found. I'm adamant at being an advocate for my own health. And I say, I'm sorry, but I cannot. Can you please refer me to another surgeon? And I had done my research on surgeons that were experienced in the area in this type of surgery um, and looking at, had done explants in a specific way, which I'll talk about in a second. And so she sent me for a consult with this surgeon. And immediately as I disrobed and showed him what was going on, he said, those need to come out. And so thank goodness. Um, I left there crying with relief and joy that I had an explant surgery booked for three weeks later. So in October, 2017, I went under the knife to then remove those massive intact, quote unquote, breasts that I had paid to have in about six years ago. As soon as I went under the knife, and then I came through from the anesthesia, the doctor had reported that my right breast implant was completely ruptured, and that the left one looked intact. 
he said that he had scraped and removed as much of the capsule and scar tissue that he could, which is incredibly important to have something that's called a capsulectomy that takes all of the capsules out of you. And if that is not done, your body will continue to, once it is released, try to detoxify, break down and release the leftover scar tissue and toxicity that is inside. So he had replied that he had flushed everything and done his best to get rid of any kind of remnants that were there. I did not have a breast uh, lift or any surgery afterwards. I just gracefully recovered. I was feeling incredibly happy because I could breathe immediately. I did not feel this weight. But there is something that we all have that is called a tipping point. And this tipping point is something that is unique to each of us. It can happen in a physical sense, but also an emotional sense. So I talked earlier about me going into a fitness competition and those judges talking about how I needed a bigger chest in order to proceed and become more successful in this sport. That was not the only thing that led me to decide to have those breast implants, but it was one of the tipping points. The tipping point for me in my healing journey and my breast implant illness was different than most people. Most people that experience what is called breast implant illness have the symptoms of a wide variety of symptoms such as inflammation throughout the body, perhaps fibromyalgia, diagnosis of lupus, extreme, uh, extremely weak immune system, always achy, digestive systems that are off. There are dozens and dozens of symptoms that uh, encompass what breast implant illness can look like for some. For me, The surgery was the tipping point, the extra anesthesia, the extra stress of recovering, the um, body that just wanted to discard all of these things that were in my body. And so my symptoms um, and my health started to decline once those breast implants were, were removed because my body just wanted to discard everything. And so uh, for from 2017 to now, I am still working to dispose of and assist my body in releasing and getting rid of the silicone and the other materials that are in my body and the environment that the breast implants have left me with. They can develop excess bacteria, mold, and carry tons of other um, issues. And so once I had healed, which was an extremely easy recovery from that explant surgery compared to when I had had the implants in, I was relieved. However, symptoms started coming up. I started having extreme skin reactions because my body was, my liver was overloaded and therefore trying to push the toxicity out my skin. 
I would start having eczema looking reactions on my face. My eyes would swell up, crack, bleed. My face was unrecognizable. There were days where I could not walk to the end of the driveway without having to sit down and take a nap. I had zero energy. My body was using everything to try to detoxify on its own. Now, I have several genetic mutations found out through a lovely test um, called 23andMe, meaning that I don't detoxify as efficiently as some people do. And so for me, it was much more difficult to process these things. And so I was spinning out of control. I had seen a endocrinologist because my thyroid was out. I had seen a rheumatologist and was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and lupus. I had seen my GP and they wanted to rule out lymphoma that I had developed cancerous cells and my lymphatic system was so overloaded that of I should point out that was quote unquote, not related. None of these things were at all related to my breast implants, according to the conventional medical system. Now that was in 2017. Now we are much more open and receiving in some conventional medical modalities to say, Hey, this is causing issues for a lot of people. I was in a chronic state of not being able to eat anything without a reaction. I would have heart palpitations every single day. I wanted to scratch and gouge my eyes out. My skin was so paper thin that you could see through it. Everyone said, you're going to need to have major plastic surgery on your face once this is done in order to heal. Dermatologist said I had atopic dermatitis and eczema. I needed to use cortisone steroids for the rest of my life, that there was nothing they could do and they did not know why it was happening. Zero people had answers for me. I had seen naturopaths, homeopaths, um, acupuncturists, energy workers, everyone known to man natural and conventional. No one could help. And then eventually I saw a practitioner that used the bioscan assessments and poof, there was some clarity that I needed. This was the first step I needed to take in order for me to start detoxing in the way that my body needed. It assessed the different organs and systems to see what was working, what wasn't, and then tested the natural supplements to say, this is where you start, honey, you were going too fast. So I backed off of most of the protocols. I went into it easily with this uh, practitioner and then eventually as I started to heal, I realized this is something that I need in my practice. So that is where the turning point was and the tipping point onto the good point, onto the good stage. I now have not had a reaction through my skin for the last two years. Thank God. There are so many lessons that I learned throughout this. 
I gained more empathy for people that had have and had chronic suffering and illnesses that they have to deal with every single day, not knowing if you're going to have a reaction, not knowing if you can get up out of bed or what that day holds. I have a even greater appreciation for the body and what it does every single minute of the day to help protect us and how it protected me so that that silicone did not spread throughout my lungs, throughout my entire system. I am thankful for the cellulite that I have all over my legs, my arms, my stomach, and my butt because that fat traps those toxins and prevents it from damaging other parts of my body. I am now able to slowly release those things and slowly heal. And I still have silicone in my body and I still have symptoms and I am not the strongest that I am, but I am on the way. And so there are so many things that I learned and I am so grateful for having those breast implants in, for making those decisions and for standing up for myself when I knew that something was wrong. If there's anything that I can say to you out there, it is this, the symptoms that you are feeling are real. If the person you are working with, GP, conventional medical system or what have you, says that they are not real and that it's made up or it's in your mind or the blood tests do not see anything or the MRI or the CAT scan or the mammogram, but you know something is there, do not stop. Do not stop looking for an answer. Another lesson that I learned throughout the way was this. Changing and wanting to change your health and wanting to change your body to fit into things are very different things. I now look at clothes that I don't fit into and see the clothes is the issue, not me. I look at pictures of other people and admire their uniqueness, but do not feel like I need to become that person. As I'm sitting here and closing out this podcast episode, I am sitting in an infrared sauna with my electrolytes and my diffuser and you. The way that I support my body for change is working with it and not against it. So I hope that you all enjoyed this episode, me sharing these. If you have any questions, please let me know. I have just a few questions that I really want to answer because a few loyal listeners have asked them and I said that I would address them. So how do you deal with the negative responses and people who are triggered with this topic? A lot of the topics that I cover and that I talk about are quite controversial, so to speak. And the reason is because they are triggered. And whenever someone is triggered, it's because deep down inside, 
there's something that they know does not sit right with them. And so my suggestion on how to respond or approach people with this subject is to offer up the space to have the conversation if and when they are ready. There are many reasons why people get breast implants and we cannot assume that they are aligned with what we believe, but we need to respect their decisions and always be willing to share resources. If someone is completely closed off to it, let them know that you're always there for support and just say that you know people that are experiencing some of the things that you're seeing and you may not be ready to hear them now, but I'm here if you ever wanna discuss it. Next question is how to deal with leftover capsules from a surgery that did not get it all. Now, my surgeon was not able to get everything. It was intertwined into my ribs, it was everywhere. And so there will be parts that you will need to address or should be addressing at some point. If your doctor did not do a capsulectomy and just opened you up and flopped those babies out, then unfortunately you will most likely need to go back to into surgery with a surgeon that does full capsulectomy. Now they have a procedure that's called end block. I believe it's called not an expert on that surgery, but they um, do not expose that capsule or that breast implant. They take the entire surroundings out. So after that, you're going to have to work with someone very closely in regards to determine how to detox appropriately for you. Next question is, how do you book an explant and is it covered by OHIP? So you can go and find yourself, please do your research and find yourself a qualified explant surgeon. And whether it's determined, whether it's covered by OHIP or not is completely dependent upon OHIP and your GP and how it's positioned. Mine was covered, but that was back in 2017. I don't know how they are covered now. Mine was covered because it was deemed absolutely necessary that they come out. Is there any correlation between implant illness and autoimmune diseases? Great question. So yes, anything that your body that causes your immune system to constantly be on edge is a risk factor for future autoimmune diseases. That can mean anything from breast implants in you that your immune system is trying to protect you against, from consuming foods that you are allergic to or sensitive to over and over and over and your body is trying to deal with that. It can also be from steroids and thousands of other things anything that disrupts or is causing the immune system to be on edge all the time is going to be a factor in future autoimmune conditions. Those are all the questions that I have. Love all the listeners that tuned in and stayed with me during this lengthy conversation. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Forking Healthy podcast. 
If you want to stay up to date on future podcasts, make sure you follow us on Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel. In order for us to get into more ear holes, we would love for you to take a moment to share this episode or leave us a review. That's it for now. Fork and rights. Ha <laughs> ha.